0: you are listening to the manfulness podcast i'm your host hamish kramer my mission here is to help create a more mindful man a man that can express himself can explore a deeper level of himself become more balanced become more conscious and just create a better version of masculinity i want to help the everyday man explore ideas of personal growth spirituality relationships purpose and love in a way which is simple safe and understandable so i thank you for listening So I had a friend whose father had died, right? And, you know, it's, um, of course, it's a terrible thing to lose your parents. And it was actually quite a shock. And what had happened was his father had passed away while he was overseas. You know, he was, he was a big traveler. And I remember this quite, you know, distinctly because what had happened was he had been traveling overseas. He got really sick, um, caught something that was quite unique And had passed away while overseas. And I I spoke to his wife. And she was obviously, as you can expect, very upset and very distraught. And she had said to me, you know, it's so sad. He was only 58. He was only 58. And how sad. And I was thinking, yeah, you're right. That's such a young age to die, right, to pass away. But later on, I was talking to his son, and his son was kind of explaining the kind of life that he had lived, that those 58 years. Um, and he was kind of explaining his dad, and his dad was just one of those people that, you know, walked his own path. He, you know, got married and what have you and had his kids, but then would, would always travel and kept this idea of traveling quite often. And his son was telling me, You know, six months out of the year, he would leave his wife and he would trek through Asia or trek through Africa or all these different countries. And But, you know, by the sounds of it, he'd lived this amazing life. He had had amazing experiences. He'd gone to places I had never even heard of. He probably had experiences that I would never even understand. And he really shaped his life around these beautiful experiences and i'm like man what a life and then you know i I'm, I'm kind of you know left with this idea of he lived a great life but it was too short and it really got me thinking how we kind of view life how how we kind of perceive life you know and and, and the question kind of came to me like are we are we do we want to live a long life or do you want to live a long life or do you want to live a good life? Do you want to live a quality life? And it came back to this kind of idea of quality over quantity. And it was a conversation that, that I ended up having with my own brother and with, and with a lot of friends. Like, what, what do you really want? Because when I think about it, none of us really know how long we're going to be here for, right? No one really knows the length of our time here on earth. And so we could all say that we're all on this kind of timer that we don't know is going gonna, gonna to happen. And I think f- from most of our perspectives, our fear is that it's not safe out there in the world. We don't know when we're going to die, so let's protect life or protect our lives at all costs. And I think what ends up happening sometimes when we move to these extremes is that we don't actually live and i remember reading a book called sapiens which i i totally recommend anybody who is interested in this idea looks into right because they were comparing the lives of our caveman ancestors and our and and the human species once you know um agriculture kind of came in into place and industrialization came into place and what it was kind of really looking at was or comparing was the way the lives of the cavemen now many of us would probably think that it was a very primitive life and and it and it was in comparison to what we have today but if we if they were looking at some of the aspects of their day-to-day lives and those cavemen apparently according to this research would literally look for food gather food prepare food and what have you for maybe two or three hours a day. And then the rest of the day, they would allocate to pleasure, to fun. And they were comparing this lifestyle to post agriculture, post industrial, where you have these communities or we have people working ridiculous hours to try and toil the soil and, you know, to grow more produce and, for capitalism and commercialism and from consumerism and and to create these industries and to you know to, to to build these products and services and 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 they were really asking the question what was there really any quality? Now people would look at it and go, yeah, well, those cavemen didn't live as long. They had a much shorter lifespan. And what happened is with the industrial age, it definitely increased our longevity. People started to live a lot longer but if you look deeper into it a lot of those um a lot of that time of that post industrial um age there wasn't a lot of quality of life there wasn't a lot of quality at all and 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 if you read this great book it you know talks about the suffering of human and it even goes as far as saying who controlled who right because they talk about certain um seeds you know one being wheat and corn that humans use to industrialize to make large quantities of, in order to sell, and you know, really asking the question: Did the wheat control us, or did we control the wheat? Because in order for wheat and corn to be um, to thrive, it requires a lot of water, a lot of irrigation, and so humans had to come up with these systems and processes in order to keep these, um, the these this corn and this wheat. Um, moist, moist and, and hydrated, otherwise they would die. And then what would happen was, you know, these elements would come in or these pests would come in and could destroy massive amounts of crops. So we then had to produce pesticides and, um, protection against uh, the elements. And so we're constantly having to develop and produce more and more and more and more, which ends up means we're working harder, working harder having to work more in order to toil and support this land. So, and it's a very good question, right? And I think it just, it comes back to this idea of quality or quantity of life. And I think humans, we just have this idea that more is better. If we have more life or a longer life, and very rarely are we looking at the quality of that life. And like I said, if you look at this book, a lot of these people that lived during that industrial time, What they had to do in order to keep up with the labor intensiveness of this land was have more children, right? So they would have a lot of children. Those children would end up working on the land and inevitably they didn't have enough food and nutrients to create healthy kids. So these kids would get sick. They would need to then earn more from the land in order to buy medicines to help those kids and so and to feed those kids. And so the costs are going up. The work is going up. And so they're, they're in this kind of vicious cycle of we need more, we need more, we need more. And it just really made me look at even our health system, which seems to be so focused on longevity, you know, on keeping people alive, especially when they start to reach towards the end of their life. You know, I even had my, my grandfather uh, many, many years died. Uh, well, sorry, got very sick and eventually he did die. And I remember them keeping him on this machine, right, keeping him on this ventilator to kind of keep him going. But what had happened was he had a stroke, I think, while in hospital. And um, so they put him on this machine to keep him going, to keep him breathing. And it was just it was a really kind of sad thing and a sad moment for me to watch because I realized that without that machine, he would have passed away. Yet we, we were keeping him going and it was and i could understand the the sadness in my family for you know having my grandfather about to pass away but i was thinking to myself what kind what are we doing here <laughs> you know what, what am i doing we're keeping him going for what for him or for us you know it felt like it was more for us we're trying to hang on to him when clearly he's gone right he's gone And these machines and these tubes that kind of keep him going. And eventually um, we had to make the decision to turn the machine off, right? But I was just contemplating that mentality as like keeping him going at all costs when really he had died the night before, really. I mean, his body had physically shut down, wasn't operating on itself. So, and I don't know what part of him might've been aware or conscious at that time or that moment, but surely being in that state couldn't have been enjoyable so why prolong any of his suffering anyway that's what I was thinking and so I, I want to bring this question to you about quality over quantity with your life because if we, if you focused more on quality how would you live it differently right how would you approach life if it was more about quality and not about the quantity. Because I think even a lot of us, we think that we're going to be here for a long time. I think that's kind of built into our idea. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we all just have an expectation that we're going to live to 80, 90, or maybe 100 years old. Maybe that's the expectation because that's where pretty much most of us get to. And so maybe we, we're we planning for a life that that's long. Maybe that's why we get into home loans that are 25, 30, 40 years long because... We expect ourselves to live that long. But in reality, when we really contemplate it, there's no guarantees on any of that. And I'm, what I'm finding is so many of us are willing to sacrifice joy in the moment or joy or quality of our lives for this idea that we're going to be here for a long time. So it's okay. And I think what it comes back down to this idea is that you think you have time. You think you have time. And I think that's the biggest lie that we've kind of, we kind of tell ourselves that we're going to be here tomorrow. We don't know that for sure. And so what decisions would you make if you knew you were going to die or if you, if you realize the truth of the matter is that you may not be here for a long time? What would you say? Would you still do the same job that you do? Would you still live where you live? Turning 40 for me, I feel like is one of the, I don't know, it's a really strange thing. I had this real great conversation with a friend who's heading towards his 50 now. And he said the same thing. He's like, when he turned 40, he kind of realized that he was at the midpoint of his life, right? And unconsciously, I felt that. I felt like, wow, I'm halfway to 80, right? If I get to live that long, I'm at that midpoint. And what really dawned on me was there are a few things that I haven't done yet in my life. There's a lot of things I want to do. And maybe I haven't done them because I'm too afraid to do them or I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for the right amount of money or for the kids to grow up or some sort of external factor to change in order for me to do those things, you know, kick that bucket list. And I hit 40 and I was like, man, we've, we've got to get busy because that next 40 years isn't guaranteed. And I'm really looking forward to the next 40 years if I get that because all the mistakes that I've made over, over the last 40 years, I think has really put me in a great position where I can look at the next 40 years very differently. Because I really feel like, I wouldn't say my 20s were a waste, but um, you know every part of them is important. But I was like, man, I could have done so much more during that time. But you have to go through what you go through. And I think we all need to ask ourselves this really fundamental questions like what is the quality of my life right now? You know? What what would I do differently? What can I do differently? Because this idea that more life is important is a, is a false one and I always come back to that beautiful book um you know about those people that were close to death. Um um Oh, I can't think of the author's name but those are the there were the, the words of the dying you know and and what they regretted most and if you speak, if you read this great book and if you really think about it what what do people crave the most when they know that life is running out and they have no choice to extend it they regret not spending more time with family they regret not going after their dreams they regret not being so ter- they regret being so scared to do things and to say things and to test themselves and to challenge themselves and to put themselves out of their comfort zone. Like that's what they regret because now time is up for them. And I think what a beautiful way to really look at our lives And we get up every morning and going, if today was the last day, how would I live this differently? How would I live this life better? What, how much life can I get out of this? How can I squeeze as much life out of this day? As possible, so that it's it's about the quality out of it, not the longevity of it, because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I think if we start to think more like that, I think if we need to, if we approach life more like that, I think we'll have a very different respect for life. I think we'll have a very different respect for each other, and I think we'll take things less for granted. I think we'll be less fearful. And I think we'll start to go for what we want in life. I think we'll appreciate life a lot more. So I want to take a moment and thank you so, so much for listening and supporting the Manfulness Podcast. And as my gift to you, I want to let you know that I am giving away my free mini meditation course. Now, meditation has been an absolute game changer for me. It has changed the way I perceive my world it has made me calmer it's made me happier it has influenced my life on so many ways and i want nothing more than to share my experience of meditation and to hopefully assist and help you take up this beautiful ancient practice and you know receive the benefits of it in your life so if you're interested you can go to my instagram and at manfulness men click on the link in my bio and you can get free access to my mini meditation course or simply go to my website www.manfulness.com.au sign up from there as well. There's four videos. I go through um, how to meditate, how to set yourself up, the benefits of meditation, and there's a bunch of practice meditations inside of there to get you going and to further your skills in this ancient practice. So that's my gift to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Manfulness Podcast and supporting me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I would love to hear from you. So please tag me on Instagram at Manfulness Men. Hit me up, DM me. I would also love a review on wherever you've listened to. And please, please subscribe so that you can get more of my updates, more of my podcasts coming through. And if you feel, please share it with another man who you think could benefit from today's episode.